Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. The reason why you need to convert the rent rolls is because you need to have essentially a table with all of the unit types, the number of units for that unit type, the market rent, and the current rent. At the very least. Best ever listeners, I'm so excited to share today's sponsor with you. It's Eastern Union Funding and Arbor Realty Trust. If you're in the multifamily space, you likely recognize these names, but have you used them? Uh, I'm guessing if you haven't, then you probably know someone who has. I can tell you personally, we have used uh, Mark Belsky. He is a point person at Eastern Union Funding as a partner with us. And he has helped us secure debt uh, for actually a deal we closed on this month. And we've worked with him. Um, in addition, my clients, my program, my consulting program have worked with him to successfully close on deals. Uh, when we were starting out, Ashcroft was starting out, we had somewhat of a track record, but we weren't fully as established with our investor network. I went to him and we secured some equity, $500,000 in equity to fund one of our deals. While he works with more institutional partners, he's uh, brought $200 million in equity over the last 12 months. He was able to help us out there and we built a relationship with him and Eastern Union Funding ever since. So if you need equity for your deal and you have a track record, then he's your point person. His number is 212-897-9875. If you need debt, then he partners up with Arbor on a lot of transactions. So if you're a multifamily borrower who wants agency or bridge debt, then that's the team to work with. Uh, We have worked with their team, both Eastern Union and Arbor, on deals. And people who have purchased our deals, purchased deals from us, have used Arbor, as well as my clients in my consulting program, they've used it. So this is a recommendation that comes from firsthand experience. And the last thing I'll say about uh, working with Mark Belsky at Eastern Union is that if you need a loan guarantor, but don't have that track record quite yet, then Mark can look at what you've, the deal you've got And assuming it checks out, he can make introductions to people he knows as potential loan guarantors for your deal. So debt, equity, and potentially loan guarantors. 
uh, all you need, well, you need to find a deal, obviously. Um, but besides that, you know, the other main components of the deal they can help you out with. So talk to Mark Belsky. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com. And his phone number, 212-897-9875. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff, and I hope you're having a wonderful week because today is Friday. We got a special segment called Follow Along Friday. Theo Hicks and I talk about our real estate endeavors and what we've learned as a result of doing what we're doing. And ultimately, this is to try and help you improve whatever you're doing from a real estate standpoint or enhance it or maybe pick up some new skill sets. So with that being said, how do we want to kick it off today? So last week, I was talking about one of the first team members I wanted to bring on would be the underwriter. And I wasn't necessarily hiring at the time, but I was just kind of going through my thought process of how I, I plan on approaching it. And sure enough, the best ever listeners are very proactive and really enjoy adding value, kind of what we talked about on the show for a really good ways to break into certain industries. And I had four people reach out to me offering to help me with underwriting for free, basically. So everyone who reached out, really appreciate that. And so what I wanted to talk about is the strategy for bringing on an underwriter, at least the approach that I'm using. This is a process that I created through how I got trained. So it's a hybrid approach from all the different educational tools and people who trained me and that I used. So I wanted to quickly go over that just in case anyone who's interested in bringing on an underwriter in the future can have some ideas of how to actually do that because especially for apartments, underwriting is, is pretty complicated and it's not as simple as just someone being interested and then you sending them deals and them underwriting them. It takes time to train them. And so the question is, is what's the best approach to train a person? By the way, this is going to be really helpful. I know a lot of apartment investors who struggle with this part. And when I say this part, I mean the underwriting process or the amount of underwriting that needs to be done, either because it's not something they enjoy or not something that comes naturally to them. So they want to kind of speed through it, or they just hate the whole process of doing it, or they want to build their business and ultimately be able to work on their business, not in their business. And they're looking to scale and they need help scaling. I know many people who have this challenge, so I'm looking forward to having this conversation with you. Absolutely. So I would say this approach is best for someone that already knows how to underwrite and they just want to actually just kind of scale so they underwrite more deals per week. This approach wouldn't work for someone that does know how to underwrite. So maybe we can have a conversation on that later. Well, we've talked about how underwriting tips before. This is for someone who knows how to underwrite, has been underwriting deals themselves, maybe one or two deals a week, and their pipeline of deals is so high that they need to bring other people on. So here's kind of the approach that I used. And I'm not necessarily going to talk about how to find these people either, because that's going to be a whole other topic. Because I'm lucky that I'm on this podcast, and I just mentioned that I'm interested in having someone underwrite for me, and then four people reach out. So here's the process. So the first thing that I do is I have them convert a rent roll from a PDF to Excel seems very simple, but if you've seen a apartment rent roll before, it is not in the proper form usually when you receive it from the broker. 
So usually the broker will get the rent roll from the current private management company. So whatever reporting software they use, and then that's the document they provide. Sometimes they'll convert it for you. I'd probably say it's maybe 50-50. But the reason why you need to convert the rent roll is because you need to have essentially a table with all the unit types, the number of units for that unit type, the market rent, and the current rent at the very least. And that's not the form that the rent roll is in when you get it. So the exercise is twofold. Number one is for them to get familiar with what a rent roll is, what it looks like. But number two is to kind of gauge their Excel skills. So what I do is I send them a middle-of-the-road rent roll that takes some if statements, some text-to-columns functions, and a few other Excel functions that they're going to need to know how to use in order to be an underwriter. And I essentially just send it to them and say, hey, here's what the peer of the PDF, here's what it should look like, let me know if you have any questions. And I just want to see what they do. So, for example, one person sent it back to me exactly how I wanted it. Another person went above and beyond and created this super intense spreadsheet that they believe they could just plug in the originally converted PDF and it'll just automatically get it to the form that I want. And he had some formulas that I had never even seen before. So that was quite impressive. (laughs) Second person sounds like something you would do if you had a project like that. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Another guy used to work for NASA. So these are very smart people. And I just wanted to see what they would do. So I've had three people. Actually, I've sent it to all four of them. One person had an interesting response, but three of them performed the exercise. So that's step one, is a rent roll conversion. The T12 conversion isn't that big of a deal. It's pretty simple. So if they can convert the rent roll, they can definitely convert the T12. So next step is to have them watch my video on how to underwrite a deal. So I've got the cash flow calculator and then just a video of me going through the entire process for them to learn how the underwriting process actually works for an apartment. And I'm assuming that they don't know how to do an apartment deal at all starting out. So that's step two. And step three, and this is something that I thought of while having a conversation with my business partner. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send them five deals to fully underwrite and ask them to do one deal a week. So these are going to be deals that I've already underwritten. So I already know what the final product should look like. Mm. And all I'm going to send them is the T12, the rent roll, the OM, the cash flow calculator, and a how-to guide. And tell them to see what they can do. And we'll set up a 10 to 15 minute call to kind of discuss the deal each week. To kind of see what questions they had, where they struggled, things of that nature. Again, just to see where they're at. To kind of get a baseline of where they're at. And from there, it's going to depend on how well they do on those five deals, what the next steps would be. But based off of the rent roll conversion and kind of my conversation with them, I expect them to catch on pretty quickly because they have strong Excel skills. And really at first, all I'm going to have them do is just input the historical data. So they already know how to convert a rent roll, which means they convert the T12 as well. So I'll have them input that data into the financial model. And then I'll cut my time in half, at least, just on the underwriting model. And I think just that alone would be so super helpful to my business right now especially when the new year kicks off and deals start flowing in. So those are the five steps that I'm for sure going to do. The next two things are kind of a maybe. I'm not going to say sure. We'll see how things progress and how things evolve. But when I have them do those live deals, I'm going to do them as well. I'm not just going to trust that they're doing it properly. So I'm actually going to do it myself and just let them do it as practice and then send me the results, kind of have conversations about it. After that, if they're able to do it successfully every single time, five, ten times in a row, then I'll let them do it without me having to actually do it myself. So that's when I'll start having the time savings 
because I'll know, okay, if they know how to input the data, so all I need to do is just kind of quickly do a quick check rather than actually doing all of myself and then doing a quick trick check. So five of the 10 deals, it might be sooner, it might be later. I'm not 100% sure, we'll have to see how it goes. And obviously my longer term goal is to have these people be able to fully underwrite the deal. So that means input the financials, so the rent and the expense assumptions, all the income assumptions, input the debt information. The only thing they probably won't be able to do is the rehab assumptions. But I have an idea for how to potentially get around that. Because I was thinking, how can someone who's not very familiar with apartments at all understand how to make rehab assumptions? And the idea that I have, because all these people are actually out of market, because the idea has to be, how can I educate them and train them to at least identify what needs to be done? So I was thinking, and there's kind of two benefits to this, is to have them subscribe to the broker lists in their market and fully underwrite those deals. So underwrite them, visit them in person, visit the comp, perform the rental comp analysis. And the benefits of that is, number one, obviously, they'll have a much better understanding of underwriting. But number two, they're already forming relationships in that market that if we want to expand in the future, we already have a foot in the door because we've got someone who's been actively underwriting deals in that market, boots on the ground, knows the areas, knows the people. And it wouldn't be easy, but it'd be an easier transition to that market than a brand new market entirely. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. It won't be an apples to apples renovation comparison or might not be, but it's still a great way to, as, as you said, get them experience and then also start building a market simultaneously. Exactly. Because obviously if they're looking at deals in a different market, it's completely different property type, the renovations there aren't going to be the same here. The idea was to have them be able to identify, look at a property, like, okay, this is what needs to be done to this property. Real quick, how to get an underwriter up and running and train them properly, five-step process. What is it? One, have them perform a rent roll conversion exercise, so PDF to Excel. Number two is you want to create a video of you fully underwriting a deal. So it's probably going to be like a video longer than an hour and have them watch that video. Number three is to send them five deals to underwrite. So one deal per week and obviously provide them with all the documentation they need to do that. And number four is to start having them underwrite live deals, but only inputting historical data, which you also do. Number five, after a few successful deals, you can have them input the data without you doing it. So you just check it instead. So that's a five-step process. And then obviously this is the goal is to have them be able to fully underwrite a deal and obviously eventually become the underwriting manager. So if you've got one stellar underwriter, he can be the person who's the manager and then it'll have other underwriters underneath him so that there's kind of been a barrier between you and the analysts. And he just is the one that sends you all the information. Great stuff. And then another thing that I've got going on is we're looking at a, a deal right now, another deal in Tampa, a very promising deal. That's all I've got right now. I'm actually touring it next week. So when I come back for following Friday or next week or the following week, I will talk about that and give you an update on that. Cool. With our stuff, let's see. We closed on a deal in Fort Worth last week, about 400 units. And we already got awarded one deal and we're likely getting awarded another deal. It's coming up, so we'll know soon. So... Looking forward to those deals as well as continue to execute on our current portfolio, which is the number one priority. 
I'll definitely will be going down to DFW for a short trip to go visit the properties in the next week or so. And, oh, and the reason why we didn't have follow along Friday last week is I had a baby girl. So thanks everyone for all the well wishes and everyone's healthy. Mom, baby are both healthy and that's what's most important. So love and life and business is going well in terms of some questions that we've received from the book for everyone who's read the book. We're compiling questions. We got about six or seven questions that we received. So we'll be answering those questions next week. So I'm referring to the best ever apartment syndication book. So if you have any questions that you would like to ask us that are follow-ups from the book, then we'll be answering them next week. So feel free to email those questions to info at joefairless.com and we'll address those apartment syndication questions on next week's episode. Perfect. And Joe, obviously, congratulations on the baby. You look very well-rested. I disagree on that, <laughs> but thank you. I'll take it. And, you look. Uh, there you go. You'll feel. Thank you. Well, uh, I'm, I'm getting much more rest than Colleen, my wife, is. That's for sure. So props to her. And it's certainly a learning experience for everyone involved. I'm hoping maybe in like a month or two, we'll have the top 10 best ever baby tips on following oh. Friday. <laughs> I will not be the expert for that. <laughs> All right, so there's a couple other things we want to discuss today. So I'm not sure what it was, but I know that I was definitely sitting in that room with you when we made the prediction of where we thought the Amazon headquarters would go. Yes. I said Atlanta, and I think yep. you said Dallas, Fort Worth. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I said DFW or Chicago, and I think you said Atlanta or something else, but either way, we were both wrong. <laughs> we had two opportunities, too. They picked two places. We're still wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it ended up being in New York and yep. Crystal City, Virginia. Yep. yep, yeah. Long Island City, which is in Queens, just right across the river. One of my good friends, he had an apartment there whenever I was living in New York City. Nice area, really convenient area to Manhattan. And then Crystal City, a city I've never heard of before, Virginia, but stones throw away from D.C. apparently. So DC was where it was looking after we had made our prediction. So that doesn't surprise me. New York City does surprise me. I mean, logically, it makes sense. You got a bunch of talented professionals. There is no work-life balance there. It checks the boxes for what they said they wanted in terms of easily commutable city, deep talent pool, that sort of thing, large city. So it makes sense for both of them. I thought that Amazon was going to have some more diversification from a geography standpoint. Well, East Coast makes sense, but if they were going to pick two, which we didn't know that they would pick two, I thought for sure they would branch out somewhere in the South, Southeast, Atlanta, Dallas, something like that. But they didn't. And one thing I've seen is some reporters writing that the process was a sham and they shouldn't have pitted cities against each other and they should have been more transparent with the process. I mean, I disagree. They can do whatever they want to do and cities can act however they want to act. And it just seems like it's a sore loser mentality. Mm -hmm. If your city gets picked, 
are the New York officials complaining about the process or are the Dallas officials complaining about the process? Probably, or excuse me, the DC officials and constituents complaining? Probably not because they got picked the winner. So I think when you don't get something, you put a lot of effort towards it, then 50-50 goals, right? You know, you don't achieve the goal, but what did you acquire in the process that will help you moving forward for other things? And Mm -hmm. I've read some articles about DFW that they actually approach it that way. Okay, yeah, we didn't get Amazon, but what about this process brought to light certain things that we can improve on? Like the easily commutable city where there's more public transportation. Dallas isn't good at that. They don't have that set up as well as New York City. And not a lot of cities in the U.S. have that as well as New York City. So it's an opportunity for improvement. And it's just a weak, weak mindset when you complain about something that you don't get. And you start pointing fingers at the group or at the company or at the person who didn't pick you. I mean, shut up. Just <laughs> improve and use that as a learning experience and quit complaining about that stuff. I agree. So the next item on the agenda is the trivia question of the week. So we had our first question last week. And Joe, what is the answer? I guessed Denver, of course. I'm two for two. I was wrong about Amazon, and now I'm wrong about this trivia question, too. (laughs) Well, this was apparently a hard one for everyone. It took a lot of guesses, (laughs) a lot of people submitting answers before the answer was revealed. Cool. So the best ever question last time was the top five markets with million dollar homes, which one is not California? And it is Honolulu. So Honolulu was the city that we were looking for. So congrats to the best ever listener who picked Honolulu. You're getting a signed copy of, I believe we said the The um, first book. First book. Yeah, the first book. So I'll be signing that sometime shortly and be sending out to you. So this week's question, what is it, Theo? So this week's question is going to be, what is the top city to live for career-focused single women? The top city to live for career-focused single women. What is it? And it is a surprising answer. Mm -hmm. So if you think, basically, here's a hint for you. It was none of the top 20 finalists for Amazon's HQ2. So if you want to think about other cities besides those top 20 finalists, then you've got a leg up on what the answer is. So it's not a city you would think. And I came across this, I don't know how, but I came across (laughs) this study, maybe because I have a daughter now. So I'm looking to have her set up for success in a city. But it's an interesting question. And when you have the answer, email info at joefairless.com or reply underneath this video. If you're watching the video, whatever's easiest for you, as long as someone on our team sees it and put in the city name. And if you get it, then we'll send you a signed copy of the first book, best ever real estate investing advice ever volume one. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I, I would have never gotten this right ever. <laughs> Next, the best ever conference 2019 in February in Denver, make sure you go to best ever conference, take a look at the list of speakers each week. We're going to have a quick discussion on one of the speakers and what they plan on talking about. This week, we're going to talk about Sterling White of Holdfolio. He is a multifamily investor, and he said that he's going to talk about creative methods that can be used when following up to acquire off-market deals. Not necessarily the first point of contact, but what to do to follow up with these people. And somehow, a Rubik's Cube is involved in this strategy. That's all I know. He's going to give us more information about this 
Rubik's Cube strategy at the conference. So you will definitely want to check that out. I know that Sterling is really good at generating apartment leads without using the traditional real estate broker route. So I'm really looking forward to hearing about that strategy and other strategies he has to discuss at the Best Ever Conference in Denver. And then on the conference note, we've got a Black Friday sale and it's valid up through Sunday at 11.59 p.m. So that's going to be Sunday, November the 25th. So if you try and put this in after Sunday, November 25th, it's not going to work. The code is Black Friday. So go to besteverconference.com, put in the code Black Friday, no space in between. And you get 5% off, plus you get a market evaluation template or spreadsheet and a how-to guide for evaluating an investment market. So I'm looking forward to the conference. I never, I won't talk about one person, but we did confirm that Brandon Turner would be speaking at yeah. the conference. Yeah. Uh, so that was a cool addition. Looking forward to seeing him in person. Yep. Looking forward to that too. I've seen him in person, met <laughs> had lunch with him, but looking forward to hanging out with them and having him at the conference. Then lastly, we've talked about it a few times, best apartment syndication book. Pick up a copy on Amazon, leave a review, and you will have the opportunity to have your review read alive on the podcast, but also receive a bunch of apartment syndication free goodies as well. We're almost at 100 reviews now. And this week's review comes from JRG. And they said, having been to many workshops and read many books on the multifamily arena, I can say that Joe's book on syndication is right on the money. There is no fluff here and no sales pitch for some other program. He gets right into the meat of apartment syndication. Each chapter laid out and addresses what you need to know logically and practically. I recommend this book. Well, thank you so much for spending time writing that review. Appreciate it. And thank you everyone for hanging out with us today. Hope you got a lot of value from this conversation. Theo, good hanging out with you as always. Hope everyone has the best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Do you need debt for your deal, equity for your deal, or maybe a loan guarantor to help you get qualified for the financing? Talk to Mark Belsky. His number is 212-897-9875. That's 212-897-9875. His email is mbelsky at Eastern eq.com. Have you heard about the latest podcast for entrepreneurs called Tough Decisions? Listen to Dan and Danae Hanford as they interview successful people from around the world about tough decisions as entrepreneurs. Visit toughdecisions.net and be sure to subscribe to their free weekly entrepreneurial email. That's toughdecisions.net.